Hey guys, and welcome to Wrapped Up, a podcast where me and you get transported into the world of twists and turns, deep dive research, first-hand accounts, and personal stories, inspired by whatever topic I rabbit hole down this week at 2am. If your curiosity keeps you up at night, but you don't have the time or resources to uncover your most asked questions, you're in the right place. I do all the research, interviewing, exploring, and note-taking for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get to the weekly wrapped up. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 5 of Wrapped Up. Today we're going to be talking about a highly debated topic on social media and social networks right now. The ethics of thrifting. Most of us have heard that thrifting is better for the environment as it reduces waste and doesn't support the large-scale retail shops that cause air pollution and underpay its workers. However, does that make it moral or ethical? Does it justify what's happening to lower-income workers and buyers? Is it even true? Well, that is what we're going to be discovering today. The topic question is, is thrifting becoming inaccessible to those who need it the most? Let's find out together, starting right now with Discovery 1. Alright, let's get into it. Discovery 1 is that prices for thrifted clothing has risen significantly in the past decade, making thrifting a more costly experience than what it was intended to be. Higher prices cause lower-income households to hold off longer from buying new clothes, nicer clothes, like dresses or formal suits, and from having multiple options for stores. The upper-end cost range of thrifting in 2020 was sometimes three times as much as it was in 2010. For example, according to the 2020 Goodwill Pricing Report, jeans used to be capped out at $6, but now they go for anywhere between $4 and $21. Even with taking inflation into account, inflation is around 19% over 10 years, so $10 in 2010 is about $12 in 2021. So jeans going from $6 to $21 is a huge leap. If we were to even care about inflation for like literally two seconds, it would mean that those flower embroidered jeans you thought were a good idea in 2010 to buy and you bought them for six dollars they would only be about like they would only be worth at most seven dollars and like 50 cents like right now yeah real real good return on investment you're not stylish you're not making any money so what accounts for the price increase how is it affecting those in need Well, contrary to popular belief, it is not due to increased demand or popularity. Rather, it's a complex result of the changing customer base, increased wages, increased quality demands, and the oversaturation of supplies. Let me simplify it with an example. In 1990, Tom's Thrift Shop was a hole-in-the-wall secondhand shop in LA. It sold jeans for $3 and t-shirts for $2. Its customers were the poorer members of the community, and its source for clothing was donations by charities or clothing banks. The clothes were decent quality, but clearly used, and this was the best thrift shop in LA. Fast forward to 2021, the store is just called Tom's. Jeans are $30, lightly used, and branded. The shirts are $20, trendy and repurposed. 
Most of their stock comes from resellers. Their customers are social media influencers living in downtown LA, and the interior is catered to a chic young 20-year-old woman with a camera and hundreds of dollars to drop in one trip. These renovations raised the cost of operation, and the rent on the property increased as the area grew. The shop rebranded, raised its prices, and now serves a different audience, all to meet the needs of the higher-paying customers so they can keep their prices high and make more sales. This did not just apply to Tom's, but it applied to every single thrift shop in LA County. This may seem like an extreme example, but it does accurately describe what is going on with these shops. Unfortunately, this trend does nothing to serve the community it used to cater toward. It only benefits the new clients and the CEOs. I don't think a lot of people realize how much the thrift industry is worth, so I'm going to throw some numbers at you so we're all on the same page here. To start, let's go back to those CEOs. More specifically, let's look at Stephen Preston, the owner of Goodwill, who made over $700,000 in income in 2020, but somehow he owns a nonprofit. That's sketch, I'm just saying. But that's just one man in one company. According to Vox.com, the secondhand apparel industry, get ready guys, was worth about $28 billion in 2019 and is expected to reach, these are real numbers, $64 billion in 2024. In 2012, the secondhand market value was sitting at only $11 billion. That is a, like, guys, that is an 155% increase in the market value over just seven years. Y'all, this, this industry is growing faster than my hatred for embroidered jeans. Like, seriously, they aren't cute. Please reconsider your life choices. Anyway, the increase in market worth is also causing the prices to raise in thrift shops. As the industry grows, the demand grows as well which we kind of already went over with the effects of Tom's. So much for buying $6 bootlegs. Oh no, so sad. Okay, but for real. The increased pricing is a grave issue for people who rely on cheap thrift shops to put clothes on their backs and their kids' backs. So, how did this happen? What caused Tom's to repaint its walls and add succulent plants next to their used Urban Outfitters display? How is that influencing other aspects of the problem? Well, let's find out in Discovery 2. Discovery 2 is that thrifting has been framed as a choice rather than a necessity. This is harmful because it ignores the purpose it serves for the poor. The new clientele are shopping at these stores for about three reasons. Cheap trends, hauling, and or social and political parading. This shift occurred for a few reasons. First, when the recession occurred in the late 2000s, according to a study done by J.K. Ronabir, quote, many people were forced to adopt measures of frugality, which may have helped frame thrift shopping as sensible, end quote. But this is not necessarily the case today. In recent years, social media has been encouraging environmentally conscious consumerism, you know the drill. Save the turtle, save the Amazon, stop global warming. 
but this rhetoric extends beyond boycotting plastic and using less water. It bleeds into the clothes we wear, the food we eat, the music we listen to, and the activities we participate in. Social media reinforces this as influencers show off their green lifestyles and clean eating and, most relevantly, their thrifting skills. This is key to the shift of thrifting as a choice rather than as a last resort. Young people jump onto Instagram to show off their moral superiority because they bought a crop top from Salvation Army instead of Guest. And while it may seem environmentally friendly and quite progressive, I discovered another name for it when people take it to an extreme. White environmentalism. Our friend JK from the previous study Define this as a sign of privilege that does not recognize that populations of color and low-income populations are drastically more impacted by pollution and climate change. This phenomenon is most prevalent in Generation Z, my generation. According to McKenzie's The State of Fashion 2019 report, quote, 9 in 10 Generation Z consumers believe companies have a responsibility to address environmental and social issues. This generation also recognizes the flaws in big corporations, so their social beliefs are taken elsewhere, to secondhand stores and small businesses. Sadly, while they do have good intentions, corporate does not. The industries know that the younger generations are heading towards a greener lifestyle, and know that they need to keep up. But why would they actually pledge to be more sustainable when they could just use the concept of greenwashing? What is greenwashing, you ask? I got you. Greenwashing is when an organization misrepresents or even straight up lies about their environmental and sustainable products. This tactic is solely to appeal to their younger audiences and keep them coming back. Right now, no industry is doing this better than the secondhand market. As a result, Gen Z and Millennials are flocking to thrift stores to keep up with social appearances and support their causes or singular cause. This phenomenon is backed up by social media, which I don't think I need to explain how much that stuff matters to Gen Z and Millennials. It's not like I, a Gen Zer, is sitting here making a podcast right now, so... Oh, the irony. You see, it's a vicious cycle, but that cycle makes it so society frames thrifting as a choice, a cause, a political statement. Obviously, this is a recent shift and is nowhere close to what was going on in the past, which was people being shamed and bullied shopping at thrift stores. People who are struggling to make ends meet typically do not have the luxury of choosing to shop for a cause. The only reason they shop is for their basic need to wear clothes. Nevertheless, it's what's happening at this very moment and sadly, while from the outside it looks like a valid effort to be a better generation and help the planet, inside of the issue is the isolation of an entire population. Some of you may be wondering how certain people choosing to buy secondhand harms the ones who need to buy secondhand. I wondered that too, but quickly found the dark side of the modern thrifting culture. I will get into depth on this issue coming up soon in Discovery 3.
discovery three is that trendy thrifting and the shift towards secondhand shopping in the middle upper class lowers the quality, quantity, and affordability of such clothes for the working class. Buying is not the only harmful behavior, but selling, or reselling, as well. Reselling is when the middle class or upper class individuals buy vast amounts of clothing, most of the time that are the best quality or the most branded, from thrift shops, then resell them to other shops, individual buyers, or online retailers. According to panindex.com, quote, People may not necessarily need certain products, but instead buy them to resell vintage brands for a profit online on places like Instagram, Depop, Mercari, Facebook Marketplace, and more, end quote. This causes a ripple effect throughout the industry. Shops are paying more for their stock, which raises their prices. Resellers often rack up the value of their so-called products to make a good profit. In addition, these resellers go on what are referred to as thrift hauls. Hauls are when people purchase large amounts of secondhand clothing for resale purposes or personal wear. I'm talking bags and bags and bags of cheap, trendy crop tops and cuffed jeans. These haulers are being accused of stealing all the trendy and good condition clothing from the necessity shoppers. As you can see, reselling seems to only benefit the ones who are doing it. They get good YouTube content and make some money. But why hate on the opportunist? They're just working the system. It obviously is a good side hustle, so why don't the working class join in and make some extra money too? This is a gross misunderstanding of the situation most lower class individuals are in. Not only does reselling only benefit the reseller, but it is only accessible to one group, people who can spend the time and the money to resell. Also known as, yep, you guessed it, the privileged middle upper class. According to Econ Review Berkeley, quote, the privileged are at an advantage when engaging in such entrepreneurial activities, which require the time-consuming practice of shifting through thrift stores and the time flexibility of being able to visit these stores soon after they are restocked, which working individuals simply do not have, end quote. It is not only a money-making issue, though. It's also a social issue. I don't have the time to get into why the working class are, well, the working class, and why the middle class and the upper class are the middle and upper class. I don't know. You guys, you guys understand what I'm saying. Instead, I'm going to focus on why it becomes a stigmatization issue. You see, it's not that the resellers and haulers are, you know, on a mission to make it sure there aren't clothes for these people, but that fashionable or high-quality clothes are often taken or priced too high. This becomes an issue when kids get bullied for their lack of style or out-of-date outfits due to the lack of accessibility. Such criticism is a classic bullying technique targeted at the lower class. Critiques that often reinforce discrimination of typically working-class individuals like people of color, mentally disabled, or physically disabled individuals, and immigrants. I really could not put it better than Ashley Meza, who said, quote, Turning things that were once looked down upon due to their connections with working-class people and people of color into a trend does not justify how those communities were treated. Being a part of the lower class or immigrant status is not a trend. It is a harsh reality. 
end quote. Looking at the big picture, the trend is causing the gentrification of people that rely on thrift shops who now compete with people who never needed to shop at those stores. For clarity, gentrification is the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in, improving housing, and attracting new businesses, typically displacing current inhabitants in the process. We mostly attribute this term to downtown city areas and repurposing of mom-and-pop shops into Popeyes. However, it is terribly similar to what is happening in thrifting. In this case, the new business is the white, middle, upper-class teens and young adults getting behind the trend of thrifting for new environmental causes or social fashion. The displacement is the loss of good options for low-income households who need to thrift to buy clothes. They lose good clothing options, or all options together, due to rising prices that cater towards higher-paying customers and are caused by renovations, moving to different areas, and paying more to resellers. To be fair, resellers are not the mob bosses of the thrift market, okay? They do not and should not take full responsibility for what is occurring. The blame is widespread and complex. But for some people, reselling can be their only source of income. For example, during COVID, when many people lost their jobs, 88% of consumers started thrifting with the number one reason being to make an income. Everything has two sides, guys. Just for a moment, I'd like to return to a point that I made previously. Resellers are not taking the whole supply, but the best supply. We've already covered the issue with that, but there are other issues with many people having the privilege to cherry pick. You see, the more people cherry picking the best options and the less low income individuals being able to afford socially promoted clothing, the more leftover clothes that are in stores. It's not the lack of customers that cause the leftover clothing. There are actually more people thrifting than ever before. Rather, it is the way people are shopping. The new audience buys and resells rapidly to keep up with ever-changing fashion trends. Thrift stores want these higher-paying customers and therefore try to keep up as well. They restock frequently, getting rid of the less popular, read more affordable but less fashionable, clothing. What happens to the overflow or leftovers? Well, they're not given to the working class of America. Instead, they discard garments and give them to developing countries or landfills. Great. Unsold clothes are going to third world countries. How is CJ going to turn this into a bad thing? Never fear. My research is very, very thorough. Excess supplies, which make up 20% of thrift store stock, are sent to third world countries where they saturate the clothing markets. The Econ Review from Berkeley states that this prevents local clothing industries from flourishing, which takes textile jobs away from the citizens of those developing countries, which feeds into the poverty problem that they have, which feeds into the fact that they are developing countries. That was a mouthful, good lord. To summarize that mess, the American thrifting trend is also affecting the poor communities at an international level. Crazy guys, but not surprising if I'm being honest. Whew, 
This discovery has a lot of info, but guys, I haven't even covered all the material I found in my research. It is insane how widespread and corrupt this whole mess is. To be honest, I encourage you to hop on that Google, give it a searchy search for like five minutes. Trust me, five minutes is enough. You'll be overwhelmed by all the information because it is messy. One thing that I can say for certain is that we can't blame one group for a global scale issue. I can say that we can definitely point to who it affects the most, the people who thrifting was intended for. It is worth rethinking thrifting if you don't absolutely need to do so. I'm not telling you not to buy secondhand or to go out and buy a $60 crop top at Urban Outfitters. I'm, I'm, no, never do that. If you buy a $60 crop top at Urban Outfitters, you're experiencing a different kind of problem, and I'm not sure, but it might be called insanity. I'm just saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't be encouraging or, you know, jumping on these thrifting halls and reselling to pay for some more Starbucks runs and stockpiling clothes that we just really don't need. Just like we all began thrifting to be environmentally conscious, economically smart, or just to fit in with your peers, if we really care to be morally respectable and in touch with modern day problems, we all must begin to reconsider our Saturday thrift hauls with the homies. But if you're still unsure, ask yourself this question. Are you considering going to Tom's over the outlet mall? Or are you considering going to Tom's over the grocery store? On that note, that is the end of Discovery 3. Alrighty, you guys, that's all for today's episode of Wrapped Up. We discussed the increasing prices of secondhand clothes, the trendification, appropriation, and gentrification of thrifting, oversaturation, reselling, and how they all combine to make thrifted clothes less accessible to the working class. I really dove deep into this topic, and I won't lie, at times I got a little annoyed. It's difficult to think that you're doing something good and then to be shown the other side of it and find mold and BS capitalism. If you ever felt a similar way, remember that everything is a double-edged sword and good intentions shouldn't be shied away from. Just be aware and informed of your impact and do your best to be a decent human being, because that's all anyone can ask. Just don't be garbage. Thanks for joining me, CJ, your podcast host this week, and tune in next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. to get wrapped up in another super interesting convo. Follow this podcast to get the latest updates and share this episode to spread the answer for Is Thrifting Becoming Inaccessible to Those Who Need It? Bye!